Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the daily show. Well, it's daily within the week, let's say. So I don't I don't stream on uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. But this is the show where I go over the news of the day in the world of entertainment and pop culture. And today and this weekend in general has been crazy. So let's just get right into it and start. Well, start talking about the very big news of the day, which is that Johnny Depp has lost his uh, libel case against The Sun over claims that he beat his his ex-wife Amber Heard. So this is something that's been rolling on now for months, for months and months and months, years even, the whole Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard story. And Johnny Depp, basically, this this all kind of stems from a an article that was written in The Sun by their executive editor, I believe now, Dan Wooten, who... Uh, labelled uh, Johnny Depp as a wife beater in the article. The article was about whether um, uh, J.K. Rowling was right to let a wife beater, in quotation marks, of course, uh, like Johnny Depp, back for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them too. And this article, basically, the whole point of um, of of this of this libel case of Johnny Depp's libel case was was to clear his name. And of course, it was for everyone else. It it was kind of to see what actually happened between the two of them, between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, whilst they were married. And a lot of stuff came out. So much stuff. Too much stuff to go into now because there's a lot of news to cover today. And uh, I'm only going to be talking about this pretty briefly today. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was reported. Well, I, I got it from the Guardian that um, the court opted to refuse Johnny Depp for comp- compensation for damage to his reputation. This was really what the whole the whole thing was about. It was all about his reputation and uh, and 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 being labelled a wife beater. Basically, the guy probably can't work again. Well, he can work again. I mean, but it's going to be very difficult for him now because he's got that he he's got that around his neck. He's and it's is something that's incredibly difficult for him professionally. But it's also is this. I mean, looking at it on the other side, it's also the same for Amber Heard now because those, you know, that is also that those recordings are out there as well. His claims are out there as well. So it's kind of a really weird situation for both actors. Of course, if you're a DC Comics fan, I suppose you're interested to know whether Amber Heard will be in Aquaman too. The news, you know, so far it's being reported that she is still going to be in the movie, that she's actually shooting, doing uh, additional photography for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So then you you have that, and then you also have, well, what happens to Johnny Depp? Is Johnny Depp ever going to play Captain Jack Sparrow again? Is he ever going to be given a big role in a big franchise again? We're hearing that he is going to be in the Sherlock Holmes movies, that that's something for him, but is he ever going to be in the Fantastic Beasts uh, franchise again? You know, who knows? It's it's difficult to be um, associated with him, especially if you're you're in the movie industry and this is going on and this this uh, this ruling is not good for Johnny Depp. So uh, Mr. Justice Nichols said that um, the claimant Depp has not succeeded in his action for libel. The defendants, the Sun and news news group newspapers, which is the the group that owns the Sun newspapers and many other newspapers in the UK, uh, have shown uh, that. Um, what they published in the me- in the meaning which I have held the words to bear was substantially true, and that's really massive. There, substantially true. Basically, the Sun, what they were doing was they were defending. They were defending their. They said they had they they had the the the, the knowledge. They what they wrote was true, and according to the um, the the judge. He agrees with them. This is again according to uh, what uh, the um, the evidence that uh, Depp and his legal team, and also the Sun, along with Amber Heard, 
uh, put forward. And it's really damning for Depp. It's not good. And uh, the judge continued, I've reached these conclusions, uh, having examined in detail the 14 incidents on which the defendant um, rely as well as the overarching considerations which the claimant submitted I should take into the into account. In those circumstances, Parliament uh, has said that a defendant has a complete defence. So this means that, um, that the sun is in the clear. And also, ha does this, I mean, a lot of people, you'll probably see this in the thumbnail I put up, does this mean Amber Heard has won? Well, no, because there are still other cases going on. This is only, this is specifically in uh, Johnny Depp's libel case against the sun. This isn't in his case against Amber Heard, which is going on, that he, he is he is still doing that. So there is stuff happening, but this is big, and and, and this is not good for Johnny Depp and his and his legal team, and he won't be happy about this. And this was the big news of the day. Uh, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this? Um, about what the judge said? What do you guys think about Johnny Depp? What do you guys think about the the whole trial? The, everything that's been going on between uh, Depp and Heard. Let me know in the comments below. It really is a big, big story and uh, it's getting a lot of people riled up. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest stories in um, in the pop culture world, to be honest, really. But, uh, it's because it kind of stems beyond just entertainment. It's it, it's about what goes on in people's homes. And it's about, yeah, it's it's also about the Me Too movement as well. And it's about, it's about how men act, in, especially in certain areas of the industry as well. But just, just in, in general at home as well. It's a huge, huge story. So let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Um, moving on from that and on to some, uh, some very sad news as well, is that um, this weekend we sadly saw um, the legend that was Sir Sean Connery die at the age of 90. So um, Sean Connery for me was... Um, it remains i mean is one of my ultimate heroes uh he um he played he he brought john uh, james bond to the big screen and i've said many many times before that james bond is the reason why i love cinema so much um he's it's not it's not just that he he was he really made the character legendary in in his depiction of the character and he died in the bahamas and it was uh, revealed by his family and it was also posted on, on uh, James Bond's Twitter account. They said, Sir Sean Connery has died at the age of 90. He was the first uh, actor to play James Bond on the big screen in Doctor No in 1962. From Russia, uh, from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, and Diamonds Are Forever followed. He was also in Never Say Never Again, which wasn't an official Bond movie. But he is, um, many people agree uh, on this, that he is the best actor ever to have played James Bond. And still to this day, he's definitely in, in my top two. Um, uh, you know that I, I still think for me I mean I do love Piers Brosnan I love all of them um, but Daniel Craig is still the best actor to have ever played James Bond in my opinion that is my opinion but I do think that um, there's something incredibly special about um, Sean Connery's uh, portrayal of the character but then again he was so much more than just James Bond um, incidentally Ian Fleming Sir Ian Fleming did not like <laughs> his casting to begin with he was you know he was all wrong for the role as far as Ian Fleming was concerned he was Scottish number one which isn't isn't what the character was meant to be the character was meant to be English also if you rewatch those films Sean Connery doesn't do much to hide his Scottish accent but that kind of just for me just adds to the charm of the character and his his portrayal but also he wasn't he was from um, a working class background which of course James Bond isn't and uh, he just was too gritty for the role but then he watched Doctor No and he was convinced and ended up saying that it was perfect casting but anyway 
uh, Sean Connery was in so much more than just James Bond, just the James Bond franchise. He was in The Hunt for Red October, which is fantastic. He was in The Rock, which is Michael Bay's best film ever. He was in Indiana Jones uh, and The Last Crusade, which is the best Indiana Jones movie ever made, hands down. He was in Marnie. He was in an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And of course, he won an Oscar for his... Um, he won the Best Supporting Actor Award for his portrayal in The Untouchables. And these these are things... He was also in Highlander, which uh, you really have to watch that if you're a Sean Connery fan. Um, <laughs> Sean Connery. But it's... It's sad, but he is, you know, he was 90, so he lived a, he lived a pretty long life. That's a good innings as far as I'm concerned. I would be very happy if I made it to 90. But uh, he, he, you know, towards the end of his career, I think, I think the last film he was in was probably The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but maybe not, maybe I'm wrong on that, but definitely one of the last films he's ever been in. I do love that film, even though it's ultimately rubbish. But as I remember it, when I watched it as a kid, I really enjoyed it. But there should be a celebration of Connery, I think. And I think it's a good time to go over his old movies and re-watch them if you can and re-watch his Bond movies. I would say From Rush With Love is his best, but that's just my personal preference. I'm a huge Bond fan. I love all of all of the Bond movies. Not equally, but I do love them all. Uh, uh, but I do think From Rush With Love is one of the best and, and is definitely his. Thunderball's brilliant as well and Doctor No is fantastic as well. Diamonds Are Forever, not so much. And Never Say Never Again is not good. Thunderball, yeah, you know, it's pretty good, Thunderball. But what do you guys think of this? What What's your favourite Bond movie of all time? What's your, Who's your favourite Bond? Is, was Sean Connery your favourite Bond? What is your favourite Sean Connery performance? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. And um, this, uh, th this, this is basically... Um, I opened with those two stories and now I'm getting to <laughs> to the big thing that happened this weekend. So uh, I had been working all week, uh, actually two weeks, with uh, my sources on a, on a particular story that I was actually quite worried to write in the first place and I was quite worried. But the thing is, it's like when you get people that you trust, that actually some of them I know personally, tell you this stuff you have to run with it and also uh, again I'm I'm very very cautious um with with the people that I talk to with I make sure that they're they, they are who they say they are and of course some of them I I, have, I, I know personally from well I'm not I'm not going to go into that but I, I I do know these people um some some of the people that spoke to me about this and it's that um I was told by my sources, that David Ayer's Suicide Squad, um, Squad, Suicide Squad cut is happening and coming to HBO Max. So, this um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This this was posted, and I really didn't I didn't expect the reaction that that it got. It got a lot of uh, it got a lot of traction on Twitter, which is great, which is fine. But f you know, and people were very excited about it. And and I I'm a I'm a fan of this as well. I am someone that I want to see. Um, uh, a director's initial vision brought to the big screen. I don't like seeing um, massive amounts of studio interference with movies because they hire a director for a reason. And 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 David Ayer wrote the script. He he has said he's been very vocal on online on Twitter, and I'll go into this in a minute. But he is someone that has been very very. Uh, he, he was really invested in this. He had a vision. He wanted to go for it. His movie was dark. His movie was gritty. And the movie that we got was not that because the movie that we got was a reaction to Batman versus Superman's rather poor um, performance, not at the box office, but with the critics and also with some of the fans. And they decided to make a kind of punchier, more vibrant, more colorful, more poppy. Um, what is a music video of a movie, basically? Uh, the Suicide Squad we ended up getting. 
and we did not get uh, David Ayer's version. And he, he also said that uh, 40 minutes, someone on Twitter asked him, what was the hardest scene to leave on the cutting room floor? And he responded that it was the first 40 minutes. And this, this just makes you realize that there's a very different film out there. And this is what I've been told by multiple sources for a long time. But then it came to me like that my, a lot of my sources came to me with very similar information. One of them said AS Cut of Suicide Squad does exist and Warner Media and HBO are looking at, at releasing it on HBO Max at some point, either at some point, either next year or 2022. So that let me set the scene. That was the very first thing that I was told. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, well, let's work on this. And um, and I, w- I work with my sources with things. I show them what I'm working on. Show, I show them drafts of my of, of my articles because uh, I, want, I want them to see what's happening. And also a lot of the time they want to see and they want to make sure the wording is right, uh, which is also why I like to direct quote them because it makes it easier for that. And if they say yes, then that's fine. And then... Um, then a second source added that David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad is coming to HBO Max. Word around here is it'll be released near the end of 2021 and will feature a lot more of Jared Leto's Joker and, and Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn. And again, this this is, I mean, I don't want to go too much into who these people are, but they are they are people that are in like either working within the industry in certain companies or they're actually have um, that they have something to do with the movie. That's as far as I'm going to go into it. And then a, a third source said, at the moment, A's cut runtime is nearing three hours. That, that could be cut down uh, slightly, although it could also be released in multiple parts, like Zack's Justice League. So, and then it was you know, lots of other. I, I I was asking them questions constantly about this, and lots of other people and lots of other people were telling me the same thing. But I was specifically working with these three sources. And it's it's one of those things you put it out and then uh, full disclosure, David Ayer tweeted and uh, David Ayer took to Twitter to just say, uh, take my someone sent him the article and uh, he um, uh, quote tweeted it and just said not true. So, yes, that's a massive blow. That's I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, That's a huge, huge blow. Here's his tweet where he just says not true. And it, it's difficult that because, because um, you know, I end up getting, uh, you know, small screen on, on, it just blew up on Twitter and you get a lot of, a lot of people saying that this is, this is wrong, that you should check your sources. And I have said multiple times over and over again that I'm standing by my sources and that's what I'm saying now and that's what I'm continuing to do because that's unfortunate. I mean, this, this stuff kind of happens sometimes, but also it's like you look you look into it and you think, well, why? I'm going to be honest. May, maybe we pushed this out too early. That I'm going to be comp- like that is probably what happened. Maybe we pushed this out too early, and Aya just didn't want this news out now. That could that could be that could be a possibility. Again, I really do trust my sources, so I do trust that this is happening. And I want to be completely open with you. If this, I wouldn't have published it. I wouldn't have put my name to it. I wouldn't have been like. This is, I'm really like sure this is happening. If it was just a load of crap. So excuse my language, but that's, 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 that's how I felt about that. So it's, it's annoying because it's, it, it damages uh, credibility. Uh, and again, I like the site is not a scoop site. Like I, I am not the only person writing for small screen. I am the editor of small screen. And there are many other people working um, that freelance for us. And again, I always say, if you want to write about pop culture, if you have an idea, pitch to me. 
And I also I pay people for their work and people send me incredible stuff, brilliant stuff that I'm proud to have on the site. And that's what I want the site to be. I don't want the site to be a scoop site, but sometimes there are people that I have worked with over, over the course of my career that I know very well that, um, that I trust and that are in areas that where they know these things, they know what's happened, that, that you know, word gets around. And they're, they're willing to tell me this information. But the thing is, I've had lots of people asking me to reveal my sources on Twitter. And it's like, well, that's there's something called source protection in journalism where I, I am at, I have to protect them because also their jobs are at stake about this. And, you know, this is something that I've been having to deal with now. And it's it, I'll be completely honest, it's, it's stressful. It's 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 been a stressful couple of days, but it's also it's been really interesting as well, because it's something that's why why would they say anything normally normally with these sorts of things if they're not true they just don't say anything so why has he been so blatant also an, a person did bring out to me that a is usually much more talkative than that so again i i stand by my sources and let's see in 2021 2022 what happens i am 100 percent positive that it is going to happen and that's what i believe but um that, you know it's one of those it's one of those things that you can't you know, you really, really have to, you have to trust the people that are talking to you. And I do. But what do you guys think? Be completely honest with me. Let me know in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you. I've been hearing from a lot of people online, but it's, you know, and that that's the thing. I love to see people's passion about this sort of thing. People are very passionate about the EA cut. People are very, they really, again, I love the fact that people want to see a director's initial vision. They want to see it all finalized they don't want to see movies that have been completely um kind of ripped apart by studios because they think they know what's best um, you know there there is cinema is an art is is an art there's a craft there and um david ayer to a certain he is an artist and he had a vision and he wanted to go through with it and hope i again i say i think it's happening but let's see in 2021 2022 which made sense to me because it would have been after the release of the Suicide Squad, which would kind of prevent, uh, kind of, it's quite, they're playing a difficult balance here because they are coming out with movies on HBO Max and, well, basically TV shows and the main movies. So Suicide, if you were to release Suicide Squads, like David Ayer's Suicide Squad before uh, the Suicide Squad James Gunn's uh, movie were to come out, then it would kind of take attention away from James Gunn's movie, which is not what they would want to do which again is another reason why they would probably completely say this is not happening because they're at the moment they're rolling PR out for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. It makes sense. It, it's, it's to be expected. That's how PR works. And um, just again, let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, so let's move away from that and on to uh, some Disney Plus news and in particular uh, some news regarding uh, so Katano and Rosario Dawson. So this was something that had been revealed. I believe it was um, Slash Film that revealed this a while back, actually, that uh, Rosario Dawson is going to be playing a Katano in The Mandalorian. But we haven't actually heard much about it since. And that's um, that's quite in, it's, to me, it was quite interesting because it was um, it's one of those things that's like, well, where's it gone? What's happening? Is she still part of it? Is this is this thing still going ahead? And well, unfortunately, it seems to have been leaked by Disney themselves. 
So this was actually leaked. I got this through Corey Van Dyke on Twitter, who uh, wrote that Disney Plus further confirms Rosario Dawson as Osaka Katano, and it comes from Disney Plus, and in particular, Hotstar, which is, I believe, the Indian kind of the, the the company that deals with Disney Plus in India and all of Disney's um, Indian uh, like the, the, their their footprint in India. Let's say so. This this was the 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 tweet, and there you can see what does Osaka Katano. Um, live action avatar look like which is kind of a weird way to put it but yeah okay and then it says Rosario Dawson is set to play the famous Clone Wars Jedi I was hoping that they might make below that say that uh, Sasha Banks was playing Sabine Wren but no but this is this is confirmation because they're connected to to Disney pretty um like yeah that they're 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 working for Disney so they would know this and then this this particular post was taken down pretty quickly by Disney but um, now that's just some nice uh, little confirmation there that this is happening that Ahsoka Tano is going to be playing is going to be played by Rosario Dawson in the Mandalorian series there's possibility there's the possibility that they'll do a spin-off um, live action uh, series with her afterwards but that's yet to be confirmed we're waiting on that let's see what happens there but this is this is pretty exciting I think she's a great actress and I think she's a good choice for the role but what do you guys think let me know in the comments below right moving on and moving to um some news that a new superman might be cast in the dcu but he won't be replacing henry gavel so uh this this story i believe came from let me see it came from we got this covered uh, okay um so according to we got this covered um the new superman wouldn't be replacing henry cavill but he would actually be uh, in another earth so we do know that the Flash, uh, the Flash movie is going to be introducing the multiverse to the DCU, which means we're going to be getting different versions of the same characters. So it makes sense that they might be looking to cast a second Superman. In all honesty, I'm not sure if this is going to happen because that would probably be a bit too much. And also, that hasn't been confirmed confirmed yet, but it, it does look like um, Henry Cavill will be coming back as Superman. At least I hope so. Uh, and it's it's something that. I believe it, if if this movie were to feature anybody, I think it should feature Henry Cavill uh, as Superman uh, because the the story, if it's not, I mean, it's it's rumored that it's going to be um, a Flashpoint kind of a version of the Flashpoint comic in which you have you do have members of the Justice League coming in and out, you do have Superman, you do have Batman, you do have uh, Wonder Woman in there, so it would make sense to see those characters in there. We already know that Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be in there. We also know that Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be in there. So I think maybe they might cool it and then might just have Henry Cavill turn up and not have another Superman actor to confuse people. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Do you think there's any truth to that rumor? Let me know in the comments below. Right. And moving on, moving on to James Gunn. So more Suicide Squad news. Uh, <laughs> so James Gunn. Uh, did a big uh, interview in Empire Magazine recently. Um, Empire Magazine is uh, probably one of the biggest uh, film magazines in the world, and uh, I, I unfortunately I haven't got my hands on the new on, on the new issue. I really want to, but it's very Suicide Squad centric. It's a Suicide Squad issue of Empire, and within that he did a, a big interview and he talked about the possibility of making a, a sequel to the Suicide Squad. So I, I'm kind of confused. Would that be the Suicide Squad 2 or Suicide Squad 3? I think they would go probably with suicide, the Suicide Squad colon something else. That, that's what I think they'd do. Um, but uh, he basically said 
that it that a sequel to the Suicide Squad, and here's the quote, is definitely a possibility, which is pretty exciting news because if he he is one of the most fascinating and uh, adventurous, I would say, directors working kind of in the comic book movie realm at the moment. He clearly loves the genre. He clearly loves making comic book movies. The fact that he's making this has made me super excited to see this. And um, it's the idea of him going to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and then finishing off that franchise and then being like, right, now I'm going to go off and do another Suicide Squad movie and possibly a third and then kind of kill it in the DCEU. You know, it's it's just one of those things that I really, I really like the, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of James Gunn. And also I like the kind of, so I like, I'll finish that sentence first. I like the idea of James Gunn working in both the Marvel and DC Comics realm. It is happening, but I, I like it. I like the idea of him being one of the, the leaders there. And I also like the idea of there being kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, not, not well. This isn't the word that I'm looking for, but harmony. Let's say uh, between DC and Marvel. I like it when they work together. We saw this recently again in the same interview. He mentioned that uh, that Kevin Feige was really excited to hear that he was doing a DC Comics movie. He was so excited he really wanted it to be a Superman movie, which apparently was on the cards. Apparently that was a possibility, but no, he said it was the Suicide Squad, and all Kevin Feige said was just let it be good. And he also visited the set, which is, you know, pretty cool that these guys, they don't, they, it sounds like they work pretty well together and they're not, they're not um, rivals really in the sense of that, oh, I want to, let's get spies over there and all this like rubbish and like sabotage their set and, and, and stop their, their movie from being filmed. No, they just want good comic book movies. Yes, they would like it if, say, Kevin Feige would much prefer it that Marvel movies made more money and were better reviewed, possibly, than the DC Comics films. But he also wants the DC Comics films to do well and be well-reviewed and just be good because he's a fan. Also, they work in this environment. And the comic book movie genre cannot go the way of the Western because... Well, Westerns are dead, basically. Think of the, I mean, The Mandalorian now, I'm going to be talking about that in in a minute, but that's probably like the remnants of the West. There are still some Western movies being made every now and again, but they're not as popular as they once were. And there have been people, you know, (laughs) Steven Spielberg, that have said in the past that uh, comic book movies could go the way of the Western. No, what they need is to work together to make better movies, continue to grow, continue to learn, and continue to please audiences and make sure that audiences want to go and see these movies for as long as they can do as they can make these these films but let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below would you like to see uh, the suicide squad 2 directed by james gunn let me know in the comments below right uh, felicity jones has been talking about uh, her character from star wars rogue one and she actually revealed that uh, she would very much like to see her. St- I mean, I went for I went in the title went for uh, brought back from the dead, but she said resurrected, which you know is kind of the same thing. I think I'm pretty sure it is. I can get away with that one, but um, no, she she played of course Jyn Erso in, in Rogue One, and I believe again that there were issues. I, I did have some issues with that movie, but Jyn uh, Erso the character wasn't one of them. Um, there there were some pretty kind of cheesy lines in the in in the first trailer that came out where she said i rebel and a lot of people didn't like that too much but no i thought she was actually really good in the film and uh, she was talking to the hollywood reporter and in 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 the article she said i just keep saying that reincarnation is totally possible in the star wars universe and she laughed 
So I feel like there's unfinished business for Jin, yeah, for sure. And that, that's something that, yeah, it could be on the cards. We know that a Cassian Andor series is in the works, so maybe she could be in that, although it wouldn't make that much sense since the first time she meets Cassian Andor is in Rogue One, and there wasn't really that much time between her meeting him and, and them dying. But then did she die? I'm pretty sure she did. But, you know, again, as she said, Star Wars reincarnation is possible. People, I mean, then again, I haven't really, thinking of it, have that many characters come back from the dead? I don't, I'm going to be honest. I think it'd be difficult to get her to be back in the Star Wars universe. But you know what? It's a good gig. She obviously likes the character. She obviously loved playing the role. She loved being part of the whole Star Wars thing. Of course you'd want to come back. Of course you would. It's a great place to be. There is, you know, there are lots of series being made now with Disney Plus, which is actually really exciting, I think, for actors, uh people also for writers, producers, directors. It's a, it's an exciting place to be. Is it within that kind of Lucasfilm bubble where they make all of these things now? And they're, they're, they're really starting to push out a lot of content, uh, which is, I think, exciting. Um, right, moving on from that, uh, Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige is rumored to think that Deadpool won't fit inside the MCU. So this actually comes from, again, we got this covered. So they're claiming that their sources are telling them that Kevin Feige is worried about Deadpool, that he does not think Deadpool will fit in the MCU. He's got a point. He has. Uh, if that is true, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised because honestly, Deadpool wouldn't fit in the MCU as it is now. As uh, uh, up up until this point, the MCU has been very family friendly, and Deadpool is definitely not that. And there would be no sense in changing that because one of the the big reasons why people love Deadpool so much is because he's so interesting and so wacky and and uh, you know he's he just says whatever comes into his head he's rude he's 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 crass he's he's all those things but that's why we love him so much and that's you know and that's why people gravitated towards that character they gravitated towards the way ryan reynolds played him and also ryan reynolds kind of wacky sense of humor the kind of um the meta aspect of the character as well is something that that people like and that that would not fit in the mcu as it is today but moving forward it could change um you know there are rumors that marvel and disney are thinking of releasing these kind of more r-rated films under another banner which would make sense because you know you could you could bring back let's say touchstone pictures call it something else but something like that and have these marvel movies released under that banner which would be then would allow them to make these r-rated films and also have these films tie in with the mcu but then it would be very difficult to get a character like Deadpool to then cross over with the other characters in the MCU because he'd have to be on his best behavior and do you want a Deadpool on his best behavior? No, I, I don't. So maybe the best way to do it is just to keep them completely separate but still make these things because they're still, you know, they're, they're, they're still, they're still, they still make money. There's also the 20th Century uh, Studios banner that they could just use, you know, because they have that. They own that now. So the possibility is that they could still just keep on releasing movies like Deadpool under that banner. And and that, that would be a really... I think that would be the cleverest way forward, to be honest, because unfortunately, the way the MCU has been set out at the moment, there's just no way of getting Deadpool in there. There's also very little way, as far as I'm concerned, to get Blade in there as well, because Blade is a very violent character and uh and and you you kind of would want it to be that way because that's the way the comics are and that's the way i mean look at the wesley sipes movies you know a lot of people love them i love them those would not fit in the mcu 
Uh, and you would you really want a toned down version of Blade? I don't think so. I think you'd want something is that pushes the boundaries as far as it could go in the comic. That's one of the reasons why you want these movies is because they push the boundaries of the comic book movie genre. So yeah, that's my they're my thoughts on it. I'm not so. Sh- I think Kevin Feige might be worried about this. I think it is something that he's he's thinking about that he's a bit. He's like, well, we got these properties now. What do we do with them? How do we bring them in the MCU? They won't. They won't be coming in the MCU any anytime soon. Let, uh, trust me. They're not. They're not bring. Then they will not be in this next phase of MCU movies. Blades, possibly yes. They are working on that. But Deadpool, no. I think if if they release Deadpool, they'll release it as a 20th century studios movie, like it was before, and it'll just be. And maybe there'll be some jokes about how. Deadpool wants to be part of the Disney kind of universe and isn't allowed in. You know, and that could be fun. That could that could be a good joke, and you could. I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds could do a good job with that, and also that the writers as well. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below about that. Right. Uh, so there's another bit. Well, talking of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I'll do that. Talking of Ryan Reynolds, um, there, there's been a lot of news recently about him returning as Green Lantern. So this is this is something that that, that it it does make me laugh because uh, you know we all know that Green Lantern the t- t- ooh, 2011 movie was a complete and utter disaster, but uh, Grace Randolph has been talking about it and is saying that there are they are having discussions is what she keeps on saying, and um, so basically the, this tweet that that I, I built this article around was that she she said just heard that HBO Max Green Lantern HBO Max's Green Lantern leads have already been cast so announcement is imminent so this is about the TV show that they're doing also it could be few uh, could be a few surprises beyond initial reports working on getting names okay she wrote that and then underneath that tweet she wrote I am not referring to Ryan Reynolds doing the HBO Max show if he comes back it'll be Snyder Cut and all the Flash movie. Again, it's if. So so she, she's been talking about this quite a lot and saying that she's got this big announcement about Ryan Reynolds and the, and the Green Lantern or a big Green Lantern announcement. So to me, it sounds like her announcement is actually to do with the Green Lantern um, HBO Max TV show. And, and that's great. You know, I really want to see that. But a lot of people <laughs> seem to be quite a lot more interested in knowing whether Ryan Reynolds is coming back as, as the Green Lantern. So at the moment, the rumor is that he might be coming back in Zack Snyder's Justice League. But now she added in this the Flash movie, you know, OK, which one which one will it be? And or and slash also it could be both. And to be honest, why not? You know, why not? Let, let Ryan Reynolds have a second shot of playing Green Lantern. It would be quite amusing and it would again probably serve as good cannon fodder for the uh, Deadpool movies, because you know the whole thing is he never wanted to be in a in a green suit again, a green CGI suit. Let's make that clear. But then if he is Green Lantern, then the suit kind of might have to be CGI. <sighs> anyway, th- this whole this whole thing. Well, we're gonna see how it works out if there actually is an announcement made. If Ryan Reynolds is um, is actually playing Green Lantern at all, I've been looking into it myself, but nothing as of yet because. <laughs> no one no one seems to know uh but it would be quite i think it would be one of the funniest and um it would be a good cameo it would be a really good cameo for especially uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League but if that movie is going to be quite dark maybe you might need that kind of upbeat Ryan Reynolds energy in there as well maybe but not for too long i, I don't think it would work for that 
too many scenes in the movie, maybe one or two, and that's about it. But what do you guys think? Would you guys like to see Ryan Reynolds back as the Green Lantern in the DC Comics movies? Let me know in the comments below. Right, so we're going we're gonna to move away from the movie universe and onto the TV universe. And one of the very first things I wanted to talk about in the, like this TV section of the show is Hannibal. Um, Hannibal is one of my favorite shows of all time. It was great. It is a brilliant show. It was canceled after season three by NBC. And that was really, really upsetting because it was going really interesting places. And of course, uh, Brian Fuller, the creator, was working on um, developing <coughs> the whole Silence of the Lambs. Uh, storyline for season four and possibly even season five but now it looks like uh, it looks like season four of Hannibal might be back on the table so uh, Brian Fuller was talking to Rolling Stone and uh, during during that interview uh, he basically said how his uh, Hannibal season four would look and feel so he said um, it was not so much about a rebranding as being able to go back to earlier dynamics through a brand of pr a new prism which was Hannibal and Will getting to know each other from a different state of mind. I'd want to play point of view in a dramatic way. I think I've said that, um, sorry, I'll put that on, uh, I'll put the quote here. Uh, where was I? I think I've said that season four is Inception meets Angel Heart. And that means that there's going to be considerable mind palacing and obscure. <laughs> Oh, I can't say that right now, it's too late, of reality, or at least the perception of reality. And the thing that I'm most excited about is because there's going to be such a mental landscape to explore, that means actors who can play characters who have previously died can manifest in, a me in the mess of Will Graham's brain. So this one of the reasons why I like this show so much is because it's so cerebral. It, it It's a show that it just gets into your head and messes with your head and you, you know, you feel as confused as Will Graham is throughout most of this. And one of the reasons why is because of the writing, but also the performances. So of course you have Mads Mikkelsen playing Hannibal Lecter in this, and he is fantastic. I would argue that he is better. His version of Hannibal is better than Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins, sorry. Um, I know a lot of people might say that's wrong, but that's just how I feel. And that's, that's, that's my, that's the way I think about it, and I think I'm right, but you're very welcome to disagree with me on that one. But um, again, I like the idea of Inception meets Angel Heart. It's again, Inception is all about a dream within a dream within a dream, and there's a lot of there's a lot of that in Hannibal. There's um, it's a good I think it's a very good comparison to make. So this, if he is to make season four, which again I don't know if it's happening. If it were happening, it'd probably end up being on Netflix because that's where all the uh, shows are at the moment, all the seasons. I, I think it would be fantastic and I think a lot of people would be very interested in seeing this but is this something that you're interested in seeing are you a Hannibal fan let me know in the comments below right moving on and we're going to move on to doo -doo -doo. yes let's uh move on to Constantine so um one of, one of the big things at the moment is that uh Netflix is in the process of making a uh, uh the Sandman series and The Sandman is a, a comic book series uh, written by Neil Gaiman. And Neil Gaiman, of course, is one of uh, one of probably the best uh, comic book writers around. I would put him up there with, uh, with Frank Miller and Alan Moore. I think he is brilliant. He's a wonderful, wonderful writer, and he's written some fantastic comic books. And among those are all The Sandman books. I recently finished them, actually. They are behind me, I think. I think they're there somewhere. But... Um, 
Yes, so a lot of people have been talking about, because one of the, not main characters, but one of the side characters in the books is John Constantine. He helps the Sandman get back his magic sand uh, that makes people fall asleep. And a lot of people have been saying that Matt Ryan should play uh, should play Constantine in this. But according to Geekosity's Mikey Sutton, that's not going to happen. They're actually looking uh, to cast someone else in the role, which is, of course, really upsetting because I actually think Matt Ryan is a fantastic uh, Constantine. But again, they're obviously looking to do something else with this show. They're looking to to cast other people. To have, Basically, they want a clean slate. And they don't want it to be tied back to previous shows and you know the, the 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 Constantine show was on the CW and uh, Matt Ryan I think played him in he played him in Arrow the Flash Legends of Tomorrow and even Batwoman and he was in the recent crossovers as well as as John Constantine he is great but let's see let's see who they cast before we start getting upset about this because there were rumors that Keanu Reeves could be playing Constantine in this and you know the he was in the 2005 Constantine movie I do like that movie, but I don't think he'd be good for this. I think this probably is going to be a, a bit kind of even darker than that than that series. And they again, it, it looks to me as if that they, they, they want to do something very different um, with this with this um, Sandman series. They want to start. They want to start afresh. They don't want anyone from the previous uh, properties coming in. They just want to cast new people. And then let's see how that happens. I, I, I'm not sure if Joseph Gordon-Levitt is still involved in it. He was involved in it at one point, but <coughs> I'm not overly sure about that. But um, if you actually, if you are into the Sandman at all and you have you have read the comics or haven't read the comics, I really do uh, recommend uh, Audible's dramatic dramatization version of the comics. It is really good. It's got some fantastic performances in there from some uh, really good actors like James McAvoy's in there. Um, I'm blanking on some of the other names, but they all <laughs> there are a lot of very well known, well known actors that that do some voice acting in that, and that's really good. It's a really good listen. So if you are interested in that at all, do go and listen to that. What do you guys think? Are you sad to hear that Matt Ryan probably isn't going to be playing John Constantine in The Sandman? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on and um, moving to what I'm going to make the last story of the day because it's been, <laughs> it's been a lot of stuff to go through. Uh, so uh, did it. Lovecraft Country's creator, uh, that's Misha Green, has an idea for a seven-season story arc for a seven-season uh, Stephen King's It series. Okay, that was that's a mouthful. Uh, she is just fantastic. If you've watched um, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max, you'll understand why I'm such a big fan of hers. I think she understands horror better than most people out there. <coughs> Sorry. And she, again, was doing a Q&A with The Hollywood Reporter. And she was asked about, she's doing a remake of Cleopatra Jones, which she's working on at the moment. But the interviewer went on to ask her about horror, horror properties that she would like to work on next. And that's when Misha revealed that she has an idea for Stephen King's It and making it a TV show. And she'd also, she added that she'd like it to be seven seasons long, which seems quite long to me, but it is a big book. It's a very big book. But it was, of course, recently made into two movies by Andy Muschietti, who, of course, is working on the Flash movie right now. Again, I've said this previously, I was a big fan of the first uh, It movie, not so big a fan of the second one. But here's what she said. She said, uh, I'll put it up here. <laughs> she said, I'm still very much excited about making Cleopatra Jones a female black Bond. That sounds great to me. But I would love to do a limited series of Stephen King's It. It's my favorite novel of all time, but it's such a thick book that I think you need some time to sit with every character and really get into their fear. You could do a two-hour movie, but imagine a, imagine a seven-season it. 
and something with vampires. We really need new, we need new vampires. I agree with her. We really do need new vampires. But she kind of started off by saying a limited series, and then she said, well, seven seasons. So, <clears throat> I mean, she obviously has been thinking about this. And I think if there's anyone, if anyone were to, uh, to, to make it, to turn it into a TV series, which actually was uh, back in the 90s, I believe, or 80s, it was a TV, sh- it was a TV show. But uh, if anyone were to make it good, I'm, I really would trust uh, Misha Green. I think she's fantastic. If you haven't watched Lovecraft Country, really go and watch it. It is, it is very good. I know it's difficult for a lot of people because it's HBO Max. I believe it's on Sky here in the UK. I think it's Sky Atlantic. Um, other areas, I'm, I'm not so sure. But it is a really good, it's a fantastic watch. And uh, she's definitely going places. But what do you think? Would you like to see an IT TV show? Let me know in the comments below. All right, so that's all of the news. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to finish today's today's stream by talking a little bit about something that came out uh, recently, very recently, uh, October 30th, I believe it was. It was the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian. And this is a show that I've kind of had a love-hate relationship with. Um, but I uh, I recently put up the uh, the review on the site. There it is right there. Let's have a look at the score very for like, for, yeah, there we go. 8.3. Uh, I really loved this. And um, if you if you know how we do things, we, we score things on, I'll take that down now. But we score things on uh, based on three, uh, what are they called? <clears throat> we give three different marks. Of, <laughs> uh, and then the overall score is the average of those three marks. So the first one is ex- expectation, then it's enjoyment, and then it's upon reflection. So expectation, I gave it a seven because I would, again, I'm going to go into these scores, but I'm not all about scores, but it's just how people like to think about things. But yeah, expectation was a seven, enjoyment was a nine, and upon reflection, I believe was an 8.5. I wasn't expecting much, I'm going to be honest, because I mean, the, the, the episode is directed by John Favreau. And uh, he also wrote it as well. And John Favreau is, is a very talented director. We all know that he's proven himself to be a very good writer as well with the with the show with with the episodes on on the Mandalorian. But the when if you look at the Mandalorian, especially season one, it was getting actually very good towards the end. But to begin with, I wasn't loving it. I was I was enjoying the episodes, but then I was like, mm, did I love that? And it's like, no, I didn't. It's it's nice to be in the world. But it did set itself up as a Western, like a, a, um, a Star Wars show, a Western in, in a Star Wars universe, which I, I, I'm like, yes, give me that. That's a fantastic idea. But up until this episode, it, I really didn't feel that. I didn't feel that at all. But this episode, it was called The Marshal, and it features, um, It's first off, it's 52 minutes long, which I think is the perfect length for this. I think the other episodes were far too short, which is probably one of the reasons why I didn't like it too much. I say too much. I did enjoy it, but uh, we go back to Tatooine on this on this episode again. Are there no more planets in the Star Wars universe? But it's nice to visit Tatooine, and there's also a reason why we go back to Tatooine. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, watch watch the episode. If you've watched it, you know what I mean. Yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on from that. But basically, uh, 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 Dinja Jarin, I believe you pronounce that's how you pronounce it. Pedro Pascal's character, the Mandalorian has been quested to bring the child back to the Jedi. And the way he's doing that is uh, is actually, to me, it's kind of like, really? Is that is that how you're going to do it? But he's basically been told to seek out other Mandalorians who will help him on his quest. And 
the very beginning of the episode is him trying to find you know where Amanda Lloyd might be and through some um some some rather cool kind of uh rather (laughs) you know he ends up in a in a in a watching a fight and he has a contact that seemingly knows where the Mandalorians are it turns out he actually wants to kill the Mandalorians but then he ends up getting the information the guy tells him there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine Mando's like I haven't heard of Mandalorian Mandalorian being on Tatooine but he goes there anyway turns out that it's uh that when you see the shot I said I'm not going to spoil it I'm going to tell you what the the the, the builder the setup to the episode the shot when he's in he's in this uh I've forgotten the name of the of of the town he he goes to a town uh Mos Pelgo is the name which is basically is is completely ruined this town but it does have what they call uh the marshal and they say the marshal wears the same same armor as you do you see the marshal you think it's Boba Fett no it's Timothy Lefant playing Cobb Vanth and that one of the, I think probably one of the reasons why I love this episode so much is because I'm a big fan of Timothy Olyphant. But he is really good in this episode. He's very good in a Western setting. I don't know why that is. If you've watched um, Deadwood, if you've watched, I mean, Justified is basically a, a, is is a Western show, really. But if you've watched that, also his little stint in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he, he's in a Western. He's shooting a Western, so it seems to be something that he's just very good at. But he's really good in this episode, and and I really like the dynamic between Cobb and and Mando. I think it works really well. I think the story is is really good. They 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 end up agreeing to work together to kill a uh, a dragon, a crate dragon, <laughs> a giant crate dragon. It's really big that lives in an in an abandoned sarlacc pit, and the 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 town has to work with the Tuscan raiders that they've both been, you know completely savaged by this uh um by this creature so that is the the that is kind of the overall kind of story i'm not telling you the end but you know it's it's a really good setup it's a really good episode on it in it on its own merits just on its own you watch that you think i've enjoyed that by the end of it i really really loved it uh it's it, it is my favorite mandalorian episode i think and it makes me really excited to see the rest of this show and I really do hope they do. And I mean, maybe this was their kind of Western episode, but I do hope they lean into that a bit more. I would love to see more of Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth in the future. I do believe that there's an element of this is that Mando is building a team of people he can trust that can help him in the future. And I believe that he will, Cobb will be one of those uh, characters because they, by the end of the episode, they have a lot of respect for one another. And I think if you if you're a bit on the fence about the Mandalorian, I think this is the episode that might tip you on the I like this show side. I think it's a really good sh- uh, episode, and I think it again. It, I think it bodes well for the future of this of this show. I think they're starting to really get into their groove, and uh, I'm really excited to see what's next. But with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for watching and listening again. I do release this as a podcast. If you prefer to listen to this sort of thing in podcast form, that's you'll find that everywhere at Small Screen Stories. But if you, it'd be great if you could also follow us on social media. We're everywhere at uh, Small Screen GB. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, if you like this, please subscribe. That'd be wonderful. Um, and uh, you can follow me at EJ Lauder as well. And with that, I will say goodbye. Thank you very much. And I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.